Hi, this is Kale Ward, and this is Jessica Button, and this is Gone Global. I wasn't sure who was going to say it. I almost said it. We could both say it. Ready? Three, two, one. No, no, I don't want to say it. Okay. Well, this is Gone Global, and this is pretty much how this goes every week. <laughs> we love each other very much. As you can tell. <laughs> so, all right. To today, I have the honor of it. The wheel choosing me as its vessel. Yeah. So this week was my choice for what subject we're going to talk about. Um, we will get onto that in just a minute. Have you learned anything this week? <laughs> that is an excellent face that I wish uh, I could, I could share with our listeners. Oh yes. So I've been playing um, this video game called Undertale, mm-hmm. and I. Classically, this game um, has three or four different ways you can play all the way through. Okay. You can play just kind of the normal way, and it's a sort of a light RPG-style game where, you know, you fight, and if you kill someone, uh, you know, you progress through the game. Um, They're monsters, whatever. But there's also a version of the game where if you don't kill anyone, it changes the outcome of of the ending oh interesting um and there is a version where if you kill everyone <laughs> it also has a, 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 an, a an effect on the outcome yeah. of the game um so i i've only played it where you i've played it through twice okay and i've only done it like the regular way okay because the the game sort of hints at you know you can do things a certain way but in like the boss fights it kind of makes it tricky to figure out whether or not you're supposed to kill them or it makes you think about the choices you're trying to make. Interesting. That's kind of cool. So I fought a boss this weekend that I've had trouble figuring out how to not kill her. Okay. Um, in the, in the couple of times I've played through and it's, it's been frustrating because every time you get toward the end of these fights, the, the boss is kind of like, oh, I actually don't want to die or like, you know, they do, they do really like, or they die very nobly and it really it pulls at your heartstrings and, and so it like, it sucks to kill these characters. Um, but I figured out, um, how to, how to do it without killing Undyne for people who have played the game. It's, it's the Undyne fight. Should I say how to do it? I don't know. I think I think the fun is in people working okay. it out for themselves. Yeah. But you figured out how to do it. But is so that I, what you I figured, learned? I figured out how to do it. Nice. And, um, it was great. Hey. It felt very good well not done. to kill someone. Oh, yeah. That, that's so. always nice. Uh, maybe humanity could learn from that lesson a little more. I know I did. Uh, <laughs> no more killing, huh? No more killing. I'm All off right. the stuff. All right. That's cool. That's nice. How about you? Anything? Um, yeah, actually, I learned a lot this week. I was... Must be nice. You think you're better than me? No, not at all. I just, uh, I was at a conference this week in London. Um, so I had lots of really good talks and I learned a lot of things from all of the talks. They were super interesting. What was this conference? This conference was on transnational comics. So kind of perfect for my research topic that I'm working on in my PhD. Um... But one thing I learned that's only tangentially related 
is that um, we went into University of the Arts London's archives and they have the largest Stanley Kubrick archive in the world or something. So it's like movie props, it's scripts, it's various books about him. Very interesting. And they also have a comics archive. A Stanley Kubrick comic book. No, 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 no. Even though there was a 2001 Space Odyssey comic that was on kids' menus that was part of the archive there. Is that the one Jack Kirby did the adaptation of? Do you know? I don't know. Because I know he did do a 2001 Space Odyssey See, I don't think it was a 2001 Space Odyssey comic. It was a comic about a family going to see it with a few scenes in it. And it was just like on a kid's menu for a diner. Right, right. So they had that there. So they had lots of interesting things. But they had a couple of Eagle comics, which is a British boys comic from the 1950s. Eagle. Yes. And that is where Dunder originated. So he was a big space galactic captain who flew missions and met aliens and things he'd be kind of like buzz lightyear i guess i'm trying to think of more like book rogers okay buck rogers yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They fly a bit flash gordon yeah exactly but a british version i can't believe i came up with <laughs> buzz lightyear <laughs> you know yes i, I suppose <laughs> but um so anyway i found these issues Oh my god, it's snowing. No, that's true. Uh, just, so, okay. Just a heads up, listeners, just in case there's any weird rattling or weird noises in the background that I couldn't pull off in, in editing, uh, the weather here is bananas today. Yeah, we're having like full storms the, here today. The wind is rattling our, our window shutters and the house is just beating down on the house. And uh, the rain is sideways and torrential just like being back in scotland i think that's snow yeah just rain right. well anyway back to the show so i found some issues of the eagle and i i've been kind of looking at where things are printed for my research so i, I just out of curiosity looked at where these comics were printed in 1953 they were printed in liverpool and Is I had right? no idea that there was a printer. Wow. So that's kind of a new avenue for me to to look at. Huh. Yeah, I know. I found that super interesting. Um. So yeah, I learned that this week. A good one. Yeah. Okay, so on to our main topic then. I picked a topic that I think is pretty important to both of us. So... Try again. <laughs> I like the other half. Are you going to let me say what it is? No. Okay. So I chose um, reading and how you learned to read, what you used, what you liked as a kid. Um, so I'd like to talk about that today. So my, my joke there is that I, I prefer writing. Oh, I see. Because the other half of I see. wasn't worth making. But <laughs> All right. Um, so as you can probably imagine... Because I've been an editor and I'm currently doing a PhD that involves lots of reading, I started my love of reading at a very, very early age Mm. with my mom reading me stories. Every single night we would get through like two or three books and I I loved it. 
so my my dad worked night shifts quite a lot when I was mm. little. So it would just be me and my mum of an evening. Sure. And we would just sit and read all night. And it was great. Um, and they'd even say, like, so whenever we went on holiday and stuff and every other child would be asleep in their pram and I'd still just be, like, wandering around and then it would come to bedtime and I'd be like, but can I have a story, though, please? And they'd be like, don't you want to go to sleep? And I'd be like, no, I just want stories. Like, I was one of these kids that sat up and read books with a torch under my covers. I loved reading. It was a very crucial part of my life. Uh-huh. And I have my mum to thank for that, I think, because she, she really did take the time to to sit and read with me, and mm. we'd make up stories sometimes too, which was kind of cool. We, so my mum used to look after me and also my cousin as well, my cousin Joe. So we'd read a lot together with him as well. And then when I'd stay at his house, his mum used to make up stories for us about Princess Jessica and Prince Joseph. And they had a lovely white horse that they rode on. Hmm. And That's very good. And a funny story about this. So my uncle, Joe's daddy, he was coming up the stairs at one point in the middle of this story. And he jumps in and he's like, can I have one of those white horses as well? And we were like, no, this is our story. So it was just kind of a nice, like, we'd all do that together and we'd all read together and stories were super important. But in school, reading is very structured in the UK. So we had this set of books called Biff, Chip and Kipper. Biff, Chip and Kipper. Yeah, they sound like American names, don't they? No. Really? I mean, Biff, maybe from Biff Tannen. Well, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, 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 Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Biff Tannen? No. I don't know. What's the name of the guy? It's not Biff Tannen, but it is Biff. I am am thinking of Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this series of books, now, I, I can't tell you what actually happened in these books because they're very. They're very just simple stories. They they teach kids to read. And what you do is you'll get... You'll have to go home and read, like, three pages for your homework. And then you'll have a test on all the words that were in those pages. Um, it was pretty simple for me. I got through the series very, very quickly. Because I was quite an early reader. Oh, huh. I was right. It is Biff Tannen. Okay. That's who uh, the guy is from Back to the Future. There you go. You know more than you think we you both, do. Uh, we both opened our iPads to look at very different things. Yep. Yes, we did. <laughs> and that is our life. Um, so here's an example of a, of a Biff, Chip, and Kipper book. So they're very simple. You can read some of it out loud just to kind of show. Well, the fir- first page has got all sorts of yard work on it, so I'm already not a fan. I'm not going to lie to you. It's just a normal family with a normal life who do very normal, boring things. Ugh. Yard work. We would call that gardening. Ugh. Even worse. Biff and Chip liked the new house. They helped Mum and Dad. Mum put up wallpaper on the wall. Let me try that again because I added a word. Mum put wallpaper on the wall. Chip helps her. So I guess this reading age uh, age... I think this was age four to five. is probably a little too complicated for you, huh? A little hard. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Dad painted a door. Biff helped him. 
Wait, is Biff the girl? Biff's the girl. Chip is the boy. And then they've got a little brother named Kipper. And then their dog is called Floppy. We haven't even met Kipper yet. He's around there somewhere. But so it's very simple stories to just get you to learn the words. <laughs> Mom and Dad pulled the wallpaper off. Boy, it looks like Dad is having a hard time there. He does not look happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, are you when you pull wallpaper off? I mean, I'm not happy ever. <laughs> Don't I know that? So... Biff finds a door. There you go, you're already thrilled. Mom opened the door. She found a room. Don't go in there! It didn't say that, did it? Everyone looked inside. Mum went into the secret room and was murdered. That's not true. Stop ruining my childhood. <laughs> Still no Kipper. Not even in this, uh... That's Kipper with the blonde hair. What? Kipper's about to say something about a dog. I did just read this. There he is. Kipper has been literally... So this is page 18? Yep. There, Kipper has not been in this book Look, anywhere else. <laughs> I am not saying that they are great <laughs> stories or perfectly thought out. Kipper found a little dog. Look at this little dog, said Kipper. It looks like our dog. It looks like Floppy. That's because it's a murder house. <laughs> I feel like you're reading into this far too much. But... Um, I like imaginative story too. Yeah, no, no, and they're, they're not imaginative. They are purely to help kids learn to word. So the learn to word, because clearly Perfect. I learn so well. So well. Learn to read the words. Biff, Biff Chip, and Kipper. Mm-hmm, that's learn, it. Learn to word. Learn to word with Biff, Chip, and Kipper. Um, you, can, you can have that one if you want it, <laughs> Biff, Chip, and Kipper. So the series started in 1986 with 24 stories with the aim of teaching children to read in careful stages. So there's each set of books is stage one, two, three, four, and it ranges from ages three to nine. So it is, like I say, it's very simple mm. language. I think that one is a little bit higher because it's got long words like wallpaper and things like that, trying to get you to read the longer words. Interesting. And they came from author Roderick Hunt with art by Alex Brichter, who was born in Czechoslovakia. And they both kind of struggled with learning to read themselves and they wanted it to be a bit more fun. So they, they brought these books in and they're still going. I thought that it was probably just a 90s thing and hmm. what I had as a kid, but right. they're still going. 33 years old, they're now available in 130 countries. And translated into 15 languages. Oh, okay. So wow. they're fairly successful. Um, there's currently more than 800 titles. So that's like individual books. Like that was like 18 pages or something. 800 of those. And that wasn't even a full book, right? No, they're not full books. They're, they're small. Just like short stories, really. Right, but it didn't. That it goes mean. to page... Let me just open my iPad I, again. I stopped at page 18. No, 19. 19. And it's 20, that's page 21 of 21. Yep. Surely that's not the end. I think it is. They were very short. I, I don't know. I just got this. I found this online. Oh, okay. But they're a series of stories. The, yeah. a, the aim is you do your homework for the week and you'll have read like half the book. And then the aim is you keep reading and you keep reading the series. 
you take it home and you have a little like chart to say I you like your parents sign and say I read this page today mm. here's the word I learned and then at the end of the week you usually have like a vocabulary test of what you learn and if you can spell it and mm. things I it and it's also currently using eighty percent of British primary school so it's still like it must be doing something I I can't speak to I can't speak to how well it works because I sort of feel like that wasn't where I learned to read. Sure. Like that certainly helped me along, but I feel like having such a rich background of being read to and reading along, Mm. I feel like this helped me, but I don't think it was, that was the whole story, you know, like of how I learned to read. But they clearly work, and I think they're quite nice. It mm. was also made into a animated TV show in 2000, which I think I might have seen, but like I said, the story's not particularly exciting. Yeah, by 2000, you were probably too old for it. Yeah, well, you know, I'd have been eight, nine, so maybe. Well, onto Power Rangers territory by then. <laughs> I didn't watch Power Rangers. Not at that time, anyway. Um, how about you? Well, how did you learn to read? So I learned to read through a program called uh, Hooked on Phonics. Uh-huh. Okay. So the the Hooked on Phonics program was developed in the 80s. So about the same time. Because this is actually, it's called the Phonics Method or something. So they yeah, may have yeah. been... So, yeah, it was originally designed for reading education through phonetics. Okay. I think probably pretty similar to what what you did. Uh, I I also had uh, a lot of reading done at me. Mm-hmm. I know my dad. Uh, he he read to us a lot and often. I don't remember what. I do distinctly remember Ivanhoe. Okay. As like the bedtime story. Yeah. I would imagine that was just to get the kids to shut up and go to sleep. <laughs> I do remember this great big. Bible storybook that I think I was probably read to, but yeah. So the cool thing about Hooked on Phonics was for, especially in the later parts where it got a little bit difficult, you know, around mm-hmm. your your uh, section four and and five, mm-hmm. where it got a little bit harder. My my dad and I made uh, songs, oh and, nice um, activities. So we would read through the thing, and then we we would get to um, the activity. And so we would get to the directions and we would go, directions, bing. Hmm. And that was one. And then there was um, one of the activities was think about it. Okay. And so we would stand up on our chairs and we would go, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. That's nice. And there were, I, there was definitely another activity and another, yeah. another dance. I, I don't, I don't remember it. Now, one of my earliest memories of, of Hooked on Phonics, I have two. Mm-hmm. So one, it came in this giant box, a uh, big white box that had like a, a lid that you pulled all the way open in it. It was this big flat. Wow, okay. And it had this kind of lip that kept it closed. And it made the worst noise when you opened it. It went... <laughs> it was terrible. So you had to keep it open for all eternity. Oh, no. I played with that thing all the time. I'm sure you did. And I'm sure your parents absolutely loved it. But in the... Um, so so 
My other earliest memory is when we first got the box. This must have been when I was first learning how to read. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember looking at the word egg. Mm-hmm. And I know it was the word egg. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was my mom or my dad pointing pointing it out to me. But so yeah. Caleb, what's that word? Bank. <laughs> no, Caleb, what's that word? Bank. Isn't isn't it amazing where like when kids do that? And you're like, where are you getting this yeah. from? Like, where is this? Just, like, what? And you go through with them, and you're like, okay, what's the first letter? And you'll say like, eh. And you can't, uh-huh. like, you're like, okay, what comes next? And they're like, guh. You're like, okay, so so what's the word? Put it together. Bang. Nickel. <laughs> it's just like I I really I you know I have no expertise in like memory study or how kids' brains work, but it's yeah. just fascinating. Wild. Like yeah. you can. Have you seen that video of the little girl trying to say ice cream? No. It's super cute. She's only like two. And her mom says, say ice cream. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, okay, say I, I, sir, sir, cream, cream. She says it all. And then she goes, she goes okay, say ice cream. She goes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. It's so yeah, 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 good. Yeah. But it's just really funny. It's really sweet. <laughs> That's yeah. That's pretty much how I learned how to read. Uh, when I was in school, I got the very first accelerated reader point. Nice. So this was like, I think back then this was a new program too. Okay. I could I could be wrong about that, but I can you explain what it is? I haven't heard of so it. So accelerated reader is a program. I don't know if it's a statewide thing. I don't know if it's a. I don't, I don't know if it's a countrywide thing. It might be. But it's a program where you read a book, and then you go on the computer and take a test on what you just read. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we had something similar. Yeah. And so I got the very first point, at, at, at the very least, the very first point in my class. Hey, well done. And so I, I got a, a a Grape Jolly Rancher. That it? I mean, it was only one point. But they 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 gave us lots of cool little toys and stuff as you progress through and you got more and more yeah. points and stuff. Yeah, I do I do remember winning reading awards, but I think it was just a certificate. Like hmm. I I enjoyed my prim- so our primary schools run from when you're three kind of nursery kindergarten age till tenish, hmm. and then you go to senior school. So primary school has a lot of focus on learning to read and books and things. But my primary school was quite small and a lot of the kids in that school were way behind me. Mm. So I'd read the whole school's library by the time I was nine. Oh, wow. And there was nothing left for me to read. So my teachers really struggled trying to find me things because I'd already read them all, like the, the Biff, Chip and Kipper books. I was through them very yeah. quickly. So, I, and I don't think I was held back or anything. I think my teachers tried really hard to, like, they'd bring me a book in from home or whatever. Yeah. Um, but one thing I'd also like to talk about is World Book Day. Mm. And this was actually what made me think of this subject. So I was in London and I was driving on the bus through various school districts and saw lots of kids dressed up. So what we do for World Book Day is you dress up as your favorite character from books. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's super nice. I couldn't tell you what I used to go as. I know I used to love the day. Yeah. Because you kind of get off classes and you just read all day. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a super nice day and it's a super good way to get kids into books and things because they also give you book tokens. Okay. So with a value of one pound. Um, so, but it's, it, on book it doesn't sound like much, but the company that runs World Book Day also publishes books for that day, which only cost a pound. Okay. So I think they did 10 this year. Um, it's about that every year, but it's been running in the UK for 22 years. So they're still kind of gaining steam with it. Mm-hmm. So with your book token, you can either get buy that one of those set of books that's one pound. Right. Or you can put it towards a more expensive book. And the whole idea of it is so that every child can have a book of their own mm. at some point in the year. And I think it's a really good scheme. It's a really nice way to do that because, you know, a lot of kids can't afford books and their parents can't afford yeah. books. So having books for a pound that you just exchange a token you get given for. Mm. That's your book. And that's very, very cool. So it's currently celebrated in over 100 countries, but I'm not sure if they all do the the book token thing. They do all do the costumes, though. Yeah. Oh. Oh, uh, that was a question, yeah. Yes. So do they do all the costumes? I don't know. Oh. I've only ever seen it in the UK, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about. Have you ever heard of this? I have. I, it wasn't around my parts. Mm. Um, we would do like book reports and things, mm-hmm. but it wasn't for a certain, okay. like it was a class thing. I was Houdini once. Nice. I, like I said, I don't remember what I used to go as. I probably went as Hermione from Harry Potter like eight times, probably, because she was my favorite. But I did bring you some pictures because it's still going on. So this was my cousin Finley this week. So World Book Day was on the 7th of March. Um, so he went as a wrestler oh, and he justified it by saying it was from the comic books. Oh, we did a good thing. Yeah, right. right. So yeah, so it's still a thing that's going on and it's, it's, I think it's a really nice thing to do. It's just a day that's about books. Yeah. Which is pretty great. And you get your token so that you can own a book too. Mm. And this year, their figures were they were that they distributed 15 million tokens, which is almost every child under 18 in the UK. Oh, wow. Pretty great. At least got one. Yeah. It's, wow. Okay. That's rad. We had a thing. It was the Scholastic Book Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we had you, those too. Oh, yeah. did? Okay. And also, uh, Dolly Parton is real big on getting kids books. Uh-huh. She has spent like the majority of her career making sure that um you know children who who aren't able to get books Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. and do and she's donated and and helped buy something i want to say the figure i saw last was something like 177 million books but even that feels small yeah, I, I I think you're right. I've seen, I saw a headline of like the something millionth book that she yeah, donated yeah. or something fairly recently. Yeah, she's a she's a big uh, proponent of getting children books. And I think what a great way to use your fortune. Absolutely. But, you know, this episode is kind of to 
to show how important reading is and mm. especially to us who have made careers from reading yeah you know you're yeah. a writer i'm an editor student yeah for want of a better word but it's a big part of our lives mm. we 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 had to my knowledge we don't have anything like uh, like book day but we do have programs and stuff on 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 the television uh, that does celebrate reading. Um, specifically, what comes to mind is uh, the Reading Rainbow, mm. which was a, a show that was on from 1988 to 2000. No, I'm so whoa, 1983 oh. to 2006. There were 155 episodes, um, wow. a half hour long, um, that encouraged children. To read, yeah, uh, hosted by uh, Lavar Burton hey. of Roots and Star Trek: Next Generation. Yeah, we're excited about that because we're in the middle of Star Trek. Yep. Um, but um, it was man, it was a really great show, and and one of the things that especially people our age will remember is uh, the theme song. I'll give you a little taste of just Yay. just that right now. So hold on, before you do that, a quick question. So. You said 1983 to 2006. Was Lee Burton still doing it yeah. while he was doing Star Trek? Yeah. Awesome. He, no, I think he's. I think he's been the only host. There have been um, other sort of guest stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. That's super nice. Yeah, it's very good. I, uh, I I watched a lot of Reading Rainbow. So the the concept of the show is to talk about certain books. Okay. So uh, it would come on and it would it would introduce a book, and then it would it would go sort of page by page through mm-hmm. the book to a certain amount. I don't. Does it does it like focus on words at all? Not. As much, but it does sort of give like a, uh, a sort of a basis on what happens. Okay. It's not quite a review, yeah. but there was like a review segment. Right. One of the more famous bits of the um, of the show is toward the end, LeVar Burton will say, but don't just take my word for it. And then he would cut to uh, a kid talking about a particular book and how much they liked it and you know, um, there there would be several of those at the end of the show. Some of the scenes in the book, uh, talking about the books, were animated. Okay. Um, often they were, uh, they had like celebrities mm-hmm. read some of the book. Uh, it, actually, you mentioning that um, reminded me that the the Baby Channel for BBC has a CBB's bedtime story. Thing. And that's blown up fairly Yeah, recently. they have, like, huge actors on there. Yeah. Like, Tom Hardy's been there. David Tennant has been on there. Chris Evans did one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, the, yeah very similarly, um, at, you know, back when Bill Cosby wasn't a problem. Uh, yikes. Or wasn't a major problem. Or We didn't know about the problem. There it is. <laughs> uh, he, he did some um, Eartha Kitt. Did Who's some. That? She was the... Second Catwoman. Oh, okay. Famous yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. black lady actress. 
in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure the list goes on. But yeah, no, I, I like it's for babies, so I've never really watched um, CBB's bedtime stories. Yeah. But I think that's a nice idea too. And they do yeah. it around like 7, 8 p.m. for like little kids to. And there is a discussion in that about like, is it the same experience? having a celebrity read it to you from the TV, then, you know, like, experiencing it. But I, I do still think it's a very good thing. For sure. Um, Reading Rainbow went off the air in 2006. Um, recently, um, there was a big Kickstarter campaign. Recently, as of 2014, there was a big Kickstarter campaign. Um, and the uh, the total that they got was almost six and a half million dollars. Wow. The Kickstarter had a uh, hundred and five thousand eight hundred and fifty seven backers. Wow. And it's yeah, it's huge. Are they doing anything with it? Well <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So they the idea was to bring Reading Rainbow back mm-hmm. because it was on um and I've I've lightly talked about this network before mm-hmm. PBS mm-hmm. when I talked about uh, Barney. Yeah. It was on PBS and in the 2000s PBS started going through uh, some real financial trouble. Right. So I think the idea was to help get Reading Rainbow back on the air. Sure. Now they've built an app. They, I believe, do some YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I, I, I do think kind of brushing into the conversation about technology and how things have changed and stuff. Like, I think kids nowadays learn to read through apps Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. things. And maybe that's a good thing too. Like, I think digital resources are there to be used as a tool. So I I do think that's cool as well. Yeah, reading's good. (laughs) Reading is very cool. Are you reading anything at the moment? I think I'm between things. I recently read, um, well, yes. I so I'm reading the uh, the Mutants and Masterminds game guide. Okay. So I can learn how to play that. But I I just finished the Immortal Hulk, mm-hmm. which is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just finished Kin and Kin. By Magdalene Visaggio. Oh from, yeah. Uh, yeah, Black yeah, Mask. yeah, 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 cool. Um, I don't do a ton of reading outside of comics these days. I do some, mm-hmm. but mostly it's information. I do. A, I scour Wikipedia when I uh, do research and and you know look at papers and yeah. and things like that. So yeah. my my off time reading is generally uh, comic books. Yeah. See, it's the, it's the opposite for me because I read comic books yeah. for my job. I'm trying to re- really hard to get back into novels and mm. more text kind of reading. But I don't know. Like, I still love reading very much, but it's finding the time these days. Like, I did, as I was kind of doing a bit of research, I only did cursory research because we only just talked about what we were doing today. Um reading for pleasure is on the decline yeah at least in america i'm sure yeah it is. i'm sure i'm sure the same too well 
and going back to digital stuff like i think i can certainly speak to my own experience if i come in from work we watch a little tv and then i go through twitter yeah like that's kind of my reading and it i really want to get away from that Mm. because i don't want that to be my life i I want to keep reading and i want to read for pleasure and but i also have a problem that well problem maybe not but i'm a speed reader which you read really which means that you only read the middle column of a page because the way books are laid out it's only like the as and ands and thus that are at the very ends of lines Hmm. So you can teach yourself to skip those and just read the middle column. That's wild to me. It is wild, but it it means I read fast, but it also means that I don't necessarily take every single word in. Yeah. And I just get the gist of it. So I kind of want to dedicate a bit more focus to it. Especially, you know, when I'm reading, because I read in four different languages. Now, now yeah. for work stuff, so I do have to like Focus stop and, doing yeah. that. That's amazing because I read. I don't know. I I don't think I read slow necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do take my time about it and mm-hmm. try and take it all in, and I try and make it like a a a, a picture in my head of what's of what's going on. Yeah, and I take the time to craft that with the words, and I think. I think a comic book allows that too because a lot of what happens in comics is that stuff that happens in what we call the gutter between the images. Hmm. So there's the time you need where your mind is making the link between those and your picture and how that moves in your head. Well, no, let me let me be clear. I I can plow through a comic book. Mm, okay. Not as fast as you because you're insane, but <laughs> Uh, when I when I'm reading regular text, it, it takes me a bit longer because I mm-hmm. do absorb all that mm-hmm. and and make that picture. With comics, it's different because the the picture is already there. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me, reading a comic book is like is almost like putting together a puzzle. Yeah. Especially at this point in my career, I'm I'm dissecting the comic book, yeah. trying to figure out sure. how it works, and trying to solve the various mysteries. Yeah. Um, but with with a, a regular book, I you know, I take my time and and sometimes I read the same thing two or three times. Yeah. I know my my poor mom. She reads in bed and she's like, I can never get through books because she read a page, fall asleep, forget what she read, yeah. and then have to like keep doing it. So she's like, it takes me forever to yeah. read a book. And I think we've we've been sat together sometimes reading, and you're like, how are you? Turning pages, yeah. stop it! And I'm like, that's just how I read. Like you're not reading it. I am. I <laughs> and I could tell you, you know, going back to like, what was it called, accelerated reader or something? Yeah. Yep. I could tell. I could give you a summary. Yeah, sure. Of what happened, I, and I could be very precise about it. But it's not a summary. It's a test. I could do the test. I don't think you could. I because I made the test. <laughs> Whatever. I did. That's true. I made some of the tests in, uh, it was my fifth grade. They only let fifth graders do it. Okay. What age is that? Uh, that's uh, probably nine, ten. Okay. Um, I made one about a, uh, a book about ghosts I read that was my favorite non-accelerated reader book. Yeah. It was about um, various supernatural and scary things they had. It was, this book uh, had my very first exposure to like spontaneous combustion 
I do. I do remember that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And you made the test for it. Yeah. So, what did that entail? Well, it's like I said. You just you you go and you create the questions, and it's uh-huh, you know, okay. Like if you wanted to, you could probably go through the book and figure out the subject, and you know, right. find it. You know, it was a very simple question, right. multiple choice uh, test. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, you know, they they let some of the kids do it, and it was. I don't know if it was good or not, but yeah, that's cool though too. But you would fail my test for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we probably could leave it there. Probably talk for years about all the books I used to love, but I think that's probably a good point to stop. I agree. All right, it is time to spin the wheel. Oh! Crap. So it's Kale's choice this time. That is... I wonder what the chances of that are being at Jess's choice and then Kale's choice. I mean, they're probably pretty good. There aren't that many <laughs> no, choices on the wheel. No, but, you know, we still have plenty of other options on the wheel. All right. Mm. All right. I look forward to it then. I don't. See you next week. No, it'll be good. Hey, where can the people find you on the social medias? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jan91, J-I-N, J-I-A-N-91. Can't even spell it myself. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TotoInto, that's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W, and at the newly built KaleWard.com, that's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Yeah, do we also have a Gone Global presence for the people? Yes, so Twitter is at Gone Global Pod. As we as we flesh that out and post more stuff, uh, we will uh, promote that more regularly. Mm-hmm. There's a Twitter as well. I think it's this uh, 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 the other one. Instagram. Instagram at Gone Global Pod, and um, there is a, a an email, Gone Global Pod at Gmail dot com. I think. Um, I only set all this stuff up fairly recently, and we haven't gotten to a point of using it yet. But um, that... well, I was sort of hoping by the time this episode ends, that will be. Well, you know, um, I'm very busy not reading. So, <laughs> uh, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Give me some of that hot, hot vocals. There it is. That's the podcast episode. <laughs>